0: We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to frito com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Threepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at frito com.
1: Hi, hello. Welcome to another edition of Mavs Moneyball After Dark. It is Josh Bow, one of the many editors over at MavsMoneyball.com. Coming to you after an absolutely wild 120-116 Dallas Mavericks win over the NBA's best team, the Milwaukee Bucks. The Mavericks have beaten Milwaukee at home. It's the second home loss for Milwaukee. They have snapped the Bucks' 18-game winning streak, and they did it all without Luka Doncic. Just an absolutely absurd game all around. I'm still trying to process how exactly the Mavericks were able to pull it out, especially after the chaos that was the last minute of the game that lasted about 85 years in real time. I'm joined by Jeff Cooperstein, who is filling in, uh, joining in for, instead of Kirk, Kirk uh, taking a little siesta as he's trying to recuperate uh, from going hard in the paint uh, here on the site for like the last <laughs> month and a half. So Coop, uh what do you got, man? What you, I mean, this is like the craziest win the Mavericks have had in like four years. It just what are your immediate thoughts? Uh-huh.
2: First of all, I just want to make sure everyone's okay. Everyone's still breathing, everyone's alive, because I know it was a little touch and go there in the last minutes of the game. Um I thought the game was wrapped up when they were up fifteen with three and a half minutes left, and I thought I could cruise and pack up my stuff and get ready to leave. Um, but that clearly wasn't the case, and they almost blew it. I mean, after they missed – I I knew when, when Milwaukee was, missed that free throw that Milwaukee was getting that offensive rebound. I'm just so glad Porzingis made a play on the ball and actually blocked it off of Sterling Brown and the Mavs got the ball back. Um, but, man, I mean, what a win without Luka Doncic. For my money, the best win of the year. Um, you know, I don't – I was thinking, does it does – it, is the win less meaningful that they almost choked it away? Um, I don't think so because of – the impact of it without Luka Doncic especially and beating the NBA's best team on their home floor um so yeah it was a great win definitely nerve-wracking at the end and yeah I mean the Mavs live to see another day it's just just a huge win in awe
1: yeah I mean to be honest not only is it their best win of the season I mean it might be their most impressive win since 2015 like I mean if we think about
2: oh yeah absolutely
1: yeah, if we think about like the tanking years and and just how meaningless ba- basketball felt, at least the games and the results have felt here for the last four or so years. Like the Mavericks being a good team this year, and then yeah, just being able to beat this Bucks team, which which feels like this Bucks team you would think has all the counters to what Dallas likes to do. Just with you know with Giannis and with Middleton. Um And with the length and the size that they have that they can guard the rim and get out to shooters, you would just think Milwaukee – I almost wonder if Milwaukee came into this game just not as mentally prepared to play as they should have been knowing Luka was out. I wonder if they thought this was going to be an easy game for them. And say what you will about Dallas. Oh, go ahead. I was going to
2: say, I think that might have a part of it. And uh, For the most part, it seemed to me obviously Giannis got his and was an absolute monster tonight. But it seemed for the most part that the maps contained – the Bucks role players pretty well. I don't have the box score in front of me. I know Giannis just went off and carried that team tonight, but um yeah, I, I mean I thought it was a pretty good 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 team uh game defensively until the last three minutes when when the Bucs just stormed back. Yeah,
1: I mean it's so weird to say, you know, Giannis had forty eight points on thirty one shots, but I almost they played him well. Like it, it Yeah, they,
2: they they didn't they didn't play him awfully. They did it.
1: Uh yeah, they they uh they packed the paint when he was outside the three point line, which gave him, you know, he was one of six from three, which helped a lot. But of course, that kind of gave him a run start, like a running start, like a runway to the rim. And he took advantage of that. But the Mavs didn't really double him. And he only had four assists and three turnovers. So really, it was just kind of like they just kind of let Giannis do what he could against single coverage. And they just, did, they were like, none of these role guys are going to beat us. We're going to stay home. For the most part, you know, Kyle Korver was the only guy that did anything outside of Giannis. I mean, Giannis goes 18 to 31 from the field, scores 48 points, and the Bucks still shoot 41, about 42 percent from the field overall, 27 percent from three. So I, I feel like this was a really sound game plan. You know, the Mavs were just kind of like, all right. Let him go one-on-one, see what he does. But let's not yeah. let him get – easy passes out to the corner or out to the wing because that's where the Bucks really thrive is having Giannis kind of the, being the tip of the spear and, and passing out to all the three-point shooters. They have. they have so many shooters. So it was good to see the Mavs kind of I, stay home on those guys.
2: I can tell you what I don't miss. I don't miss seeing Wesley Matthews' break threes in the fourth quarter.
1: Yeah, that one that he had I think was like five minutes left or six minutes left didn't, yeah. that did didn't—that went right over the rim. Uh, Definitely gave
2: I've
1: me some. Yeah, that definitely gave me some like PTSD. Um, but when we look at what the Mavs did, um, aside from the defense, I want to talk about Kristaps Porzingis because this might be his most impressive performance so far this season. Twenty-six points, twelve rebounds, four assists, two blocks, four three-pointers on eight attempts, nine and nineteen overall. Just looked so much more comfortable, so so much springier. So much more decisive with his action. Like he, he didn't meander too much with the ball in his hands. He kind of got the ball and made a move, made an action. Had a couple of really nice passes out of the post where I thought I was like, oh no, oh no, oh no, because I thought he was going to take a one of his bad post ups, and then he would kick it out to the open guy. And uh, Seth had a good four point play off of Kristaps' post up, which was just really great to see him make the right reads and just be decisive. Like that just feels like. He didn't think, you know, three steps ahead when he touched the ball. He just kind of did what the defense gave him, and those back to back, like <laughs> like thirty foot plus bombs. Uh, that kind of oh like my a- god! Uh, it was wild. It yeah, was just felt so
2: absolutely yeah. That got me super fired up, especially on the second one from thirty. He just, I mean, he let it fly, and it was it was cash money. And so yeah, that was awesome. Um, what I don't really subscribe to the theory that that Luca being out will make Porzingis better on offense. I don't necessarily subscribe to that because I don't think they're going to force the Porzingis the ball. I don't think they really force that him tonight. And I don't think they will when Luke is out because they just want to keep him the flow of the offense because they're playing so well on offense right now. So I don't know if Luca being out will help Porzingis make, will help make him a better player on offense. I mean, maybe just by effect, it will not like naturally, you know what I mean? Um, but uh, yeah, I thought he had a great game tonight. Obviously, he al- he's always making an impact defensively, and even with those huge threes in the fourth quarter, I think his biggest play of the game was obviously the block at the end of the game, where that gave the Mavericks the ball and got him got him a couple more free throws.
1: Yeah, there's an alternate universe that I can picture very clearly where Kristaps uh, doesn't get that block and things go way yeah. differently. Uh, so that I'm was not great. even
2: sure if it's an alternate universe.
1: Yeah. <laughs> um. And I think you made a good point about, you know, with Luka being out, they're not going to force feed him. I think Kristaps talked about that uh, after the Heat game or maybe before before this game, you know, sometime after Luka's injury. And really, you know, he took 19 shots, he led the team, but, you know, Seth had 15 shots, Vinny Smith had 11, Tim Hardaway Jr. had 10, Brunson had nine. Like, it wasn't an overwhelming amount. It just felt like Luka's shots were just kind of distributed up a little bit more. And it felt like most of his shots came within the rhythm of the offense. It wasn't a lot of isolation, prayer kind of heaves. Like, he kind of caught the ball in rhythm and, and caught it on the move and caught it in the pick and roll. And it just was great. It, it was just really good to see him have that kind of confidence when the Mavericks desperately need him. And when you think about the pressure that he has to face going on the road, playing the best team to lead, without Luka, you know that Milwaukee, you know, he knows that he has to have a huge game for them to win. You know, it's almost like, okay, the training wheels are off. You, know, you can't use the excuse anymore about easing your way back in because you don't have Luca to kind of paper over in reward each tonight. You know, that's kind of the feeling I got I mean, for him to, to provide and to perform. Like, that's just great to see. It. And it really just encourages me for what you can do you know, the rest of the month and to close out the season. Yes, um,
2: absolutely. I, this, was def- this was definitely a big stepping stone for him. Um, another guy who I thought was really great tonight for the second trade game was Seth Curry. Uh it seems like he's finally coming into his own. I know you're a huge Seth Curry guy and too, I really want him to see. Uh, it seemed like he was cold there a little bit for about uh, a three or four week stretch there. Um, but he was really good tonight and he was he was really good the other night and the Mavs are really going to need him to step up in Luca's absence, because they're going to need to have they're going to need to get scoring from somewhere else. Yeah,
1: and it's so odd because it's like I want to try to diagnose like what's the difference, what's changed, and I don't. Right. It, look, I just want to say he's just doing the things that he's good at, that he's supposed to that he, like he was supposed to be doing earlier. Like I don't necessarily think anything necessarily changed in terms of how the Mavericks are using him or or what. It just looks like Seth just looks a little more normal looks more like himself he just looked very passive uh during that slump uh, just typical not unlike him and maybe he was just kind of adjusting to his role and having a weird preseason with some of the, the bumps and bruises he got so i don't know maybe it just kind of delayed his progress for this season the way his preseason turned out and this is this is what we're seeing and this is what we expected like this is the type of performance i thought the mavericks could get out of him because it's very similar to what he did the first go around you know he just he fits what rick likes to do so well like uh, uh it is he's just a smart player who makes the right passes great shooter. he, he can't be the kind of guy that can initiate an offense and, and be the lead ball handler but with with Delon Wright right and jalen brunson he never has to be that guy you know with luke on the floor well
2: especially. i i want to i want to say it was at the end of the third quarter when he really had it going rick was giving him the keys to the offense and he was the initiator there it was either it was either the end of the second or the, I'm pretty sure it was the end of the third. Um, they ran a little they ran a little for him. he started with the ball at the top and I, I, I was surprised we didn't see a little more of Brea tonight. We didn't see any of him, but it looks like that it looks like Rick gave Seth a couple of plays to run the offense just to see what would happen. Um, but I agree with you for the most part. I think he's he's better suited off the ball in this role and he he just fits so well with what the Mavs are trying to do, especially when Luke' is on the court. Uh, obviously, he wasn't there tonight, but I, I, Seth will Seth will be fine, and we've seen these last two games what he can bring.
1: Yeah, and it's especially helpful because we all knew that Tim Hardaway Jr. is going to come down to earth eventually, and, and you can't expect him to play like he played against the Heat, and you know that he's a he's a streaky kind of shooter, and he's going to have his off nights, and he had one tonight, one for 10, 0-5, and, and that almost feels like this Mavs team. It's like, it's okay. like. It's okay for one of these role players to have a rough game because Dallas just keeps coming at you in waves. You know, it's Hardaway Jr. had a bad night, but man, you know, Wright had a good night, Curry had a good night, Brunson had a good night. Like Dallas just has so many guys that can pick up the slack if another guy's off. It's just it's just unbelievable when you consider you know what we thought about the entire but I personally thought about them in the preseason uh just how much this depth is really paying off
2: for them. Yeah, uh, absolutely. And I think it kind, of, it, kind of, it kind of speaks to the Mavs' depth where uh if you know, if one guy doesn't have it a certain night, then another guy will step up and pick it up and pick it up on that same night. And you I mean, you see the Maps truly are a 9-10 team right now.
1: Yeah, and that's kind of rare in the league right now. Um But what did you think? I want to talk about Maxie a little bit. What did you think of Maxie's game?
2: Uh, I thought Maxie was actually pretty good tonight. I mean, he made a couple of those big threes, and he obviously always makes an impact on the defensive end. And I think he's really coming into his own. I think he's comfortable coming off the bench with that second unit now because they've kind of established a set rotation, like, early in the year where no one knew what the starting lineup was. No one knew who was coming off the bench. And I just think the continuity has really helped this team grow. And I just, Max Maxi is just a perfect bench big to come off and spell Dwight for a couple of minutes, and I think they're pretty interchangeable for the most part. And yeah, I mean, I I, re, I really like Maxie's game for the for the past, you know, like outside of the first ten games, I thought he played really well this year.
1: Yeah, he's shooting forty seven percent from three in December. I think that's just been huge. Like I think we all kind of knew. Uh, what he could bring on the defensive end. And we knew he's pretty athletic. So we figured, you know, if he wants to be a little bit more of a rim runner, he could probably excel there. But the question was just, can he duplicate what he did the season before, or maybe improve a little bit more as a three point shooter? Cause that just unlocks so much more potential. And so far through, you know, so many games almost to Christmas time, he's absolutely delivered that. Um, he doesn't take a lot, but he's been pretty accurate and, on this Mavs team, they just, they desperately need that. And he's giving it to him. And, you know, he, it felt like the threes that he hit tonight were just really big momentum shots. I know that's kind of like weird and hard to quantify. It just, but it just felt like that.
2: No, um, you're right. You're right.
1: Yeah. And I, it's just, I don't know what else to say. Like this team, I just have to re it feels like I just have to reconsider all the things that I was thinking about with this team now, because now it's like, What's the limit? You know, they, they've they picked up so many good wins against good teams. They've, I mean, they've got to win against the best team in the East and the best team in the West. I mean, I'm pretty I, – I don't have to be the math, but I'm pretty sure – I don't have to look at the schedule, but they're probably the only team in the NBA that's Milwaukee and the Lakers. So, like
2: yeah. – Yeah, I would imagine so. And, yeah, I mean, as far as expectations go, I think – I mean, I think pretty early on we, we figured out that – the, the expectations were going to shift here. And, they, I mean, they've gone on a, a great a great streak lately, especially with these two wins against the Lakers. And then, you know, they beat Houston on the road and they beat um, the Bucks tonight. And so, yeah, the expectations are definitely heightening. I, I don't want to put a limit on this team because who knows how far they can go. Um, can they win a series in the playoffs? Can they win two series in the playoffs? We'll see. That's obviously what remains to be seen. But I think what we know now for a fact is that this team is a playoff team and we will see – basketball past 82 games and I think that's it's just music to my ears that the Mavericks are going to be playing when it starts to get really hot in Texas and you get the blue all in the crowd hopefully they have the blue t-shirts out there like they did um back in the day I mean I think people forget what it's like to have playoff basketball year and it, they won't have to wait too much longer oh yeah. also uh enjoy in, enjoy your Christmas this year because this will be the last year in about a decade and a half that the Mavericks aren't playing on Christmas
1: <laughs> yes, exact. They're going to be uh, the prime the prime Christmas game, like the 2.30 afternoon Christmas game, I bet, next year. Um, like, you talk about the expectations changing, and you're right, and it's like, when the season started, it was, okay, maybe, you know, hopefully, optimistically, the Mavericks can push for an 8 or 7 seed and be one of those teams scrapping to, to nab one of the final playoff spots in the West. And now it's okay, can they get home court? And it's crazy just how fast that's shifted from can they make the playoffs to okay, we know they're making the playoffs. Now how high, you know, how high up the standings can they go? And you know, credit to just everyone on this team seemingly buying into their role and not trying to do too much. Uh, it seems like everyone just feels very confident in the type of minutes they're getting now and the type of shots they're getting and how many touches they're getting and credit to Rick Carlisle for getting the team to buy in and especially after the really weird kind of first two weeks where Rick was really kind of throwing a yeah. lot of the wall and he even admitted it and he talked about after a game saying how it's not easy with the way he was kind of yanking around players' minutes and rotations trying to find like a steady lineup and now he has and it seems like the team's all the better for it and I just don't know what else to say this team keeps surprising me and they're just they're so wildly impressive it's just it's bananas man I wish
2: I wish I could scream from the rooftops that I think people need to know that Rick Carlisle is an elite NBA coach no matter what Mavs Twitter tells you this dude knows what he's doing He's smarter than the average bear. He lets you know he's smarter than the average bear, but he knows what he's doing. He knows how to get the best out of players. We've seen it time and time again. Yes, people were frustrated with him a little early in the season. I was a little frustrated with him early in the season. But I never had any doubt in my mind that he would get this going in the right direction. I, I mean, I, I think it's just absolutely mind blowing that some people don't like him as an NBA coach. I think that's ridiculous.
1: Yeah, that's just uh, that's just the noise, you know, that can get amplified on Twitter. And I mean, it's it's tough because, like Rick, like we all admit, Rick does have his quirks. And I think some people, it's just harder to to kind of separate the quirks from, you know, how actually good of a coach he is and what he does year in and year out with rosters that are just not as talented and almost always overachieving uh, the results with them
2: dude he, he got oj mayo and darren collison to 41 wins that's all i have to know
1: <laughs> exactly well that's all I have to know. well jeff I, I think that's about all i have for this game because i'm just I, I know this isn't good for podcasting but i'm just almost at a loss for words at how great this Mavericks team seems to be and just how well they're coming together right now. Is there any, any final thoughts you have before we wrap it up tonight?
2: No, man, I'm with you. I agree. I mean, this was a great <laughs> win. It's hopefully they can keep building on it. And I'm definitely emotionally, emotionally exhausted from that last three and a half minutes of that game. And I need to go get a good sleep because they have another big test on Wednesday.
1: Yeah. I feel like we didn't really talk too much about it, but yeah, that last minute was just like, textbook i don't want to end on a on a damper note but that was just like textbook how to lose
2: yes it was
1: <laughs> yeah i think i got a couple except,
2: except you know what they didn't lose it so we're okay
1: Yeah, right all is well so like you said the mavericks come right back they're during this uh, really tough stretch against the east best teams uh, wednesday night they'll be playing boston national televised game on espn we will be back it'll either be it'll be some duo combination of myself jeff or, or maybe kirk we will see you then again mavericks beat the best team in the nba on the road they snapped the bucks winning streak they win 120-116 this is josh Bowe. thanks jeff cooperstein for coming on tonight and we will see you guys Wednesday night
3: today's episode is brought to you by cars.com